Go for it. All right. Chloe, ready to go? Is everyone ready to go? Super ready. Let's launch straight into the stratosphere. It's a 40-minute zoom also. It says Yeah, exactly. So uh, so how long do I have? You probably have like 25 minutes. Oh Not my that we're going to be talking. I mean, let's be honest. There's three Does of them. Does it kick out after that? Uh, not for not for Iowa. But I'm yeah, Zooms, my the like, host is my is my Google account. So because Iowa pays for Zoom and like for the free version of Zoom kicks you out. You probably should have considered that. <laughs> oh well, well it's, it's just gonna encourage Austin to hurry. <laughs> I'm running the hurry up today. T minus what twenty four minutes now. Yep. Okay. <laughs> Welcome back to the DI Scoreboard, everyone. I am your host, Austin Hansen, joined, as always, by my co-host, Siobhan Chahuja. It's a race against the clock in more ways than one, Austin. How you been? <laughs> I've been great. Um, we have about 25 minutes left of the free Zoom <laughs> session before it expires. Uh, so This is the budget that's allocated to the DI Scoreboard. <laughs> we get the free versions of stuff. Um, also joining us, just to run through our... our our uh, introductions really fast here. We have Chloe Peterson, assistant sports editor, football beat reporter, Caitlin Clark, specialist, women's basketball expert. Shall I add any other tabs to the box? Actually, don't answer that. Never mind. <laughs> Not an award winning that's for sure. <laughs> so we've, to gloss over that, uh, we've been on a brief hiatus for the summer um we've Mm -hmm. had a couple different things pop up the last couple weeks so we haven't been able to record and then i believe the recording schedule after this which will be our last summer podcast yep our first one will release friday september 3rd is that right shavon that sounds right the second week of when this fall semester starts for the di journalists so our first podcast of the fall semester will be on september 3rd um we're trying to land a very special guest it's in the works. We'll see. 50-50 shot. As but, soon as he's um, done being summer editor, we, we can see if he will be. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm not talking about I'm not talking about Robert. Who oh, said okay. he's too, <laughs> he said he's too busy writing a story about Tyler Goodson to be here tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that right. Likely excuse. Likely story. Um, that's that's what we all say when we don't want to come on. But anyway, he's probably honestly, he's probably off recording with the Daily Illini again. Honestly, that would not surprise me their pod so anyway not mad just disappointed um let's move on to the first topic we've got caitlin clark the big news for this podcast caitlin clark released her first like merch line today um she released some limited edition shirts um and she's going to do a bunch of limited merch releases uh in the coming weeks and months um and in my opinion not that, not that I'm biased, but she has come on this pod three times, so contractually we're obligated to promote this. She's an official member of the pod. I mean, we can just say it. Yeah, she's, she's a co-host. Yeah, she's a host. She'll take over. <laughs> she's, she's host. Austin and I are co-hosts. Exactly. <laughs> and um, so she dropped her first merch, you know, her first line of merch today. Um, couple T-shirts, and to be frank, I think it's the best athlete merch we've seen so far. Uh, out of any student athlete at the University of Iowa, at least. Definitely out of the Iowa athletes. And it's it's kind of the uplifting end to, I mean, in fairness, a lot of these athletes have been looking for this day for a long time, right? And that's why they're just rushing out to get, you know, their name on a shirt or on a product. And 
uh, make the most out of their college career. But, you know, just being unbiased and honest, a lot of them have been pretty disappointing. Caitlin's are actually, not just because she's a friend of the show, actually objectively, they're pretty creative. I really like the design on the front. Um, Chloe, tell us, uh, do you have any inside scoops from your from your best friend? Um, I do not have any inside scoops, but I like the, the ACDC nod in her shirts. No inside scoops so far. I haven't talked to Caitlin in a while. Very sad. I haven't oh. talked to my best friend. So um, I will say this. I'm glad that she didn't rush and put something on a white t-shirt. I've seen so many <laughs> athletes just rush and throw a logo or something on a white shirt. And they're or, like, uh... pay 40 bucks for this. Or an inside joke from what should have been one of their final games two years ago. Not not naming names. <laughs> not naming names, but he'll be celebrating senior day for a third straight time this upcoming <laughs> Iowa men's basketball season. So, I, I I mean, it was just tiny cursive print on a white shirt and people went nuts for it. Yeah. And it was like $40. It's 33-33, tough. 33, right? Because it's all threes. Yeah. Yep. I'd pay .33 for that. You pay thirty three. So yeah, that's. I'd pay three thirty three. I'd give him that much. Oh, you gave him an extra three. Yes, but not thirty three thirty three. Why are the we old... still on this? It, it's a it's a terrible shirt. <laughs> I've seen a lot of bad shirts so far. The crux of the story here is credit to Caitlin Clark for actually releasing a shirt that people might want to buy. Uh, I've seen a lot of horrific stuff. Actually, uh, Tyler Linderbaum and Kyler Schott, the offensive lineman on the Iowa football team, mm-hmm. their shirts are decent. Um, I like their shirts. Their merch is okay. Tyrone Tracy's merchandise is okay. Um, but in my opinion, Caitlin Clark's is the best that we've seen um, so far. Um, Shavach, I don't know if you want to address any other particular. Um, I mean, you can't talk about the University of Iowa without talking about the Iowa wrestling team. For as big of athletes as they are, my goodness, their merch is le- – it's a letdown, really. Because if you can think about – just think about the opportunity there on a Friday night, uh, you know, Iowa versus Penn State. Uh, and if the entire, you know, Carver-Hawkeye arena is decked out in the wrestlers' merchandise, if it looked any – if it looked fantastic, that would have been absolutely amazing. And that's a huge support for the wrestling team. But – the I just can't imagine a whole stadium of people wearing Spencer's or or Jaden's or or their stuff. It's just at least not the stuff that's out right now. Obviously, they have the ability to do more, and wrestling season's a good ways away. But I don't know. It's a little underwhelming, and I think I think that's general consensus as it comes to that kind of stuff, except for the diehards. I think this was the first wave, right? So they were in a hurry to get this stuff out and mm-hmm. cash in on their opportunity, right? Strike while the iron's hot. Sometimes it's okay to let the iron cool down. Um, <laughs> it's okay to let the iron cool down so you can put out a, a shirt that people are going to want to buy. I'm sure they've already made plenty of money. I'm sure a lot of people have already bought the shirts. They partnered with Ironside Apparel, uh, which is Mark Ironside, Iowa wrestling announcer, former Iowa wrestlers, apparel brand. And they partnered with him. Um, and I'm sure they'll have more stuff coming out. Um, spent, some of Spencer's Lee stuff is good. I don't mind it. Um, some of it leaves something to be desired, but you know, these guys aren't graphic designers. The people designing their shirts are, um, you know, if you don't have a vision for what you want, um, it's, it's hard to, you know, sort of bring that to life exactly. uh, in a way. So I think that there's uh, more to be desired there. Um, I think there's still a lot of upside though. 
um, especially considering they could be uh, pushing their way to another national championship this year. If anyone in our audience uh, is a blacksmith, please let Austin know what happens if you strike when the iron is cold. Um, I'm sure he would appreciate appreciate that insight. Uh, I don't have too many metalworking friends. <laughs> too many. That means you have some. <laughs> only the only the one that made this little like Iowa logo shape thing in my oh, kitchen. Oh, interesting. So, yep. Shout out Reclaim Salvage. Mm. Uh, anyway, no free ads on this. But actually, honestly, maybe he'll sponsor us. But we're going down a dark path. Let's <laughs> let's move on to the next topic. Unless anyone has anything else they'd like to add to this before we move along. We got 15 minutes left. What if the scoreboard releases its own merch? Oh, we should just put fairness, on a crappy white t-shirt and <laughs> we should we should put we should put sponsored by absolutely no one in little white text on a t-shirt and sell it for 3333. In the pocket. In the pocket. On the pocket. I think I think this would be great. DI scoreboard temporary tattoos now for sale on our store at discoreboard.com. Great. Now we have to buy now I have to buy that domain. <laughs> Get the credit card. <laughs> We're, we're using the free Zoom, but somehow now I'm offering up money for us to purchase a domain name. <laughs> anyway, let's let's move on to the other big news of the week. Uh, Luca Garza and Joe Wieskamp, they've completed their stints in the Summer League. They've signed two-way contracts mm-hmm. uh, to make it evidently clear. Two-way contracts are kind of like Major League Baseball contracts. Uh, you can play professionally in the NBA or you can play in the, the NBA's minor leagues, which is the G League. Uh, and you can go back and forth all season long. Uh, Jared Utoff, former Hawkeyes, done that. Um, Jared Utoff is kind of in this uncomfortable space right now um, where he is a G League all-star, but in the NBA he is not playing very much. So there's that. But the big thing I want to ask about is, what do you think about Joe and Luca's summer performance and – you know, what role do you think they'll have with the Spurs and the Pistons respectively this year? Chloe Shamanch, whichever one of you wants to hop on that. I'll talk specifically about um, Mr. Garza. I think that his summer performance really, you know, for him, it's probably a shame that the draft came before that. I think he really helped himself, in, at least in the eyes of the Pistons. Um he didn't blow anyone away, but but it definitely just solidified the the faith that the Pistons had in him with that second round pick. So I think Garza's stock definitely increased. I think he can see maybe a little bit of time on the – it's a crowded roster in Detroit. Um, he might be able to see a little bit of time there. Joe, it depends what the Spurs uh, – it depends what the Spurs want, really. Um, I don't think he was really helped or hurt in any capacity, but um, – yeah, it ultimately comes down to whether or not the Spurs can make a use for that uh, perimeter kind of tactic that he that he brings through. But I think I think Luca really helped himself out uh, more so uh, over the summer. Uh, for me, it confirms my point that Luca Garza should have played in the simulated games at the NBA Combine because sitting those out after watching what he did in the summer league had to have really hurt him because if he did anything similar to what he did in the summer league, he could have raised his draft stock a lot, but I think Garza is definitely going to spend a lot of time in the G league this year, even though he came back to Iowa for his senior year specifically to not go to the G league. That's still going to happen, but 
I could see it go either way for Wieskamp as well. So the good news for both of them is the Pistons and the Spurs are horrific. Um, <laughs> they're going to finish at the bottom of their leagues, respectively. So they'll have a chance to play. Um, I think I think Luca, Luca showed you what you thought he would, right? He can put the ball in the basket. Um, and, you know, when he runs at full speed, he can keep up with guys' job. So he showed you those two things in particular. But, yeah, I think Luca showed you exactly what you thought he would. He can score. He can shoot. Uh, he showed you a little defense, which shocked me. Um, he looks l- slimmer and faster, which is good, but he's still not fast. Um, so I, I think Luca could find a spot with the team. He could be a Boris Diaw type, I think. You're sort of spread the floor, bench forward center um, that can shoot a little bit and rebound block shots just, just a little bit enough to make a roster. Um, so I'm sure he'll spend a significant amount of time in the G league, like Chloe said, but I had to, you have to like what you saw from him. Joe Wieskamp is probably going to be a little bit more of a G league player. Spurs are a little bit better as a team. And, um, you know, he wasn't as impressive in summer league and in Luca's defense, he didn't, he said he didn't play in those games because of an injury. Um, but he participated in the combine drills. So you have to evaluate that accordingly right did the injury happen during the drills or did he just not want to do the simulated games it's it's difficult to say don't want to accuse anyone of anything but chloe you're making points that is all i will say before i move on to the next topic unless either of you have anything you'd like to say at this time i will i will take that as a firm no (laughs) i will take that as a firm no we can move on to my favorite topic. It is that time of year again. We're always writing about this when this time of year rolls around. We're writing about who's going to win the Big Ten West. Um, typically, someone on this pod will take the stance of Iowa and another will take the stance of Wisconsin. Um, Chloe, I see you have your hand raised, so you give you this chance to go first. and Tell me, who is going to win the Big Ten West? You know, if the Badgers start Danny Vandenboom... <laughs> They can win the Big Ten West. <laughs> For yeah. those that don't know who Danny Vandenboom is, Chloe, do you want to expand on that a little bit? Danny Vandenboom went to the same high school as me for two years. Kimberly High School never lost a game when he was quarterback. And we don't, they don't need Graham Mertz. Badgers don't need Graham Mertz. They only need Danny Vandenboom. <laughs> So the key to Wisconsin winning the West, in your opinion, is bench the five-star high school recruit in favor of the third-string quarterback that has not seen more than five snaps in a single season at Wisconsin. Yes, exactly. Okay. Do you want to stick with that, or do you want to give me some more reasons why Wisconsin might win the West? I mean, Wisconsin might actually win the West with Graham Mertz because Graham Mertz had a bit of an off year last year, but he also had COVID and they had everything. Wisconsin does everything going on. But coming back this year, they're pretty strong. And I think Graham Mertz is pretty solid overall. So last year he was kind of thrown into it, but now he had spring practice and summer practices. And now I think he can be ready and good enough to win the West for Wisconsin. So I think um, you hit the nail on the head with all of that. The big thing for Wisconsin is defense, offensive line, 
all going to be there. If Graham Mertz is average or a game manager, they're going to be good. If he's good, you know, good to decent or great or whatever, they'll be really good. Um, but the key here is Wisconsin's identity is run the ball. And if you gave me three chances, I couldn't name who Wisconsin's starting running back is. I couldn't name him last year, and I can't name him this year. Um, so when you don't have that guy like Jonathan Taylor or Melvin Gordon or Monte Ball, um, they've always had somebody back there that kind of, you know, they're like, we're just going to hand the ball off to him 60 times and he'll rush for 300 yards and we'll either win 6 to 10 or lose 6 to 10. Um, and that's just kind of Wisconsin's identity. So without that guy, I'm not sure um, what their ceiling is. I, it, it could be high. I mean, maybe they have a guy. Now, I haven't been reading enough on Wisconsin to know, but um, Shavanch, I, I see you <laughs> sitting over there letting this marinate all this Wisconsin running back talk. I don't, I don't know if it's going to matter. I mean, look at a few of the games. <clears throat> I mean, last year they only played against um, Big Ten opponents. Everyone in the Big Ten only played against each other. And the air, you know, you have to, you have to hand it to them. The, the air game up in, uh, up in Madison looked impressive, uh, especially at certain points in the early on in the season. So it's all right. If you probably can't name any of the running backs, it's all right. If they, um, as long as the quarterbacks producing, as long as yards are being made on the ground, because the defense showed that they, you know, took maybe a, a step back. Um, I, the the thing about the big 10 West is that, yeah, it's ultimately, and in years past, as you mentioned, Austin, it is Iowa or Wisconsin last year was a weird year for everybody. And uh, <laughs> it resulted in, you know, a very odd result. Um, I think Iowa's big thing is just not getting complacent and not losing to the, you know, Northwesterns and Purdue's of the world this year. It's probably going to be that first game against Indiana, which is crucial. Um, not that, you know, we should be concerned about that, but Hey, it's, it's Iowa. You never know what's, uh, what's going to happen with them. So I can honestly see a solid case for both of them. And I can see it coming down to the head to head matchup during the season. Um, winner of that could easily take the West. So this season, I've ne- I, I've never said this in my entire DI career. So groundbreaking moment here. Oh, I like Iowa to win the Big Ten West. Oh, <laughs> I like Iowa to win the Big Ten West. It's the first year I haven't picked Wisconsin, um, and I I think that they can go as far as Spencer Petras can take them. Is that six and six or is that ten and two? I'm not sure. The um, but- I just like to remind. If you're not a long-time listener of the DS scoreboard, one of the pillars that this podcast was built on was Austin's 0-9 prediction for the Iowa Hawkeyes, which went very wrong. So the fact that he just said that, I think the Badgers just won the Big Ten West. Yeah, so Iowa rattled off uh, six wins in a row after I declared <laughs> they would go 0-9 last year. So now that I'm saying they're going to win the West, uh, we could be in for an 0-12 season. Yep. Um, so it's hard to say, but oh, 12 would mean losing to Colorado State. So maybe and one. And, okay. One, two and 10. <laughs> um, but I, I think Iowa has all the pieces there to win. Um, I think a lot of the teams in that division are down. Illinois is way down. Minnesota's yep. down. It'll, you know, Nebraska is bad. Um, Nebraska done been bad. 
Wisconsin was bad last year. Um, so I, I don't know. It's, it's difficult to say, but I, I think Iowa's the favorite right now um, to win the West. Maybe not in the eyes of everyone, but in my opinion, Iowa is the favorite to win the West. I think I think I think that's fair. I mean, where did they end up in the rankings? Uh, 18th in the coaches and the media poll. Okay, and Wisconsin was only Wisconsin five was spots 12, there. 12th or 13th yeah. in the coaches poll, at least. So, yeah, the – I mean, general consensus among there, obviously, is that Wisconsin's higher. I don't see two – here's, a, like, the thing about Wisconsin and Iowa, right? They're very different teams on paper. But when you're watching them on the field, it's hard to see which one would have the upper hand in a, in an actual game. And that's been, you know, proven in years past by how close those games were. Wisconsin usually got the better, uh, the better result there. But yeah, it's, it's ultimately going to come down to, to those two. Um, and then Big Ten East is a whole podcast in itself. Uh, if you take out Ohio State. <laughs> Yeah, I don't want to dive too deep into records breakdowns this year, but I mean, there's a couple games that that Iowa could lose easily. Indiana's one. Yeah. Um, Iowa State's one. Wisconsin's another. If Penn State's back, that's four. You know, if Northwestern's good again, that's five. You know, that's five losses. Regular season losses Purdue. right there. Purdue, that's six. Like mm-hmm. they got a Iowa's got a tough schedule this year. Yep. Um, so they, they could just as easily go six and six. Um, you have to hope that out of conference schedule just softens up Petrus and that offense. Um, I, I don't think anyone has any concerns about the defense, uh, about any Iowa Hawkeyes defense ever, really, especially this year. Um, it just comes down to if the offense can be productive and if uh, Goodson can really take that next step to be an elite, elite, elite running back um, behind a solid offensive line, get the wide receivers going after the departures of Smith and Smith-Marset. Um, Sam Laporta taking that next step and yeah, Petrus at the helm tying everything together. That's, that's what is going to make or break this team. I know I have Iowa's defensive line down, but since we got into the AP poll, can I, can we call an audible really quick? As long as you can do it, like, as long as you do it, like Peyton Manning, you can call an audible. Omaha sit. (laughs) (laughs) I'm the least enthusiastic. Okay. Okay. What's the audible? (laughs) I want an audible to talk about the AP poll and how Uh bad it is because. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you on this one, except for number eight. Number eight. It's great. Cincinnati. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I actually have no bones to pick with that. It's it's where Wisconsin and Penn State are at for me. As Penn State two. was Yeah, okay. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Go ahead. Penn Penn State was four and five last year. They got blown out by Iowa, and they are only one spot behind them in the AP poll. Mm-hmm. Wisconsin was shredded by Iowa last year. Iowa won by double digits. They are five spots ahead of the Hawkeyes on the poll. So my question is, does the media know what they're talking about? The answer is probably no. Mm -mm. I mean, just looking at this, you know, obviously there's a season to be played, but um, if the 12-team playoff were this year, Wisconsin would be in. And, And a team like, you know, 
LSU, Indiana, Iowa would be. First of all, why is LSU up there? <laughs> um, <laughs> right, that's what I mean. They were bad last year. They're sixteen. <laughs> and uh, one one team that really doesn't want anyone to take a second look is good old Louisiana Lafayette. They're saying, nope, no need to redo. <laughs> <laughs> no, pay no mind to us. They beat one. What was their record last year? I know they had did well in terms of a record, but in terms of the teams they beat, they beat Iowa State. Is that the only good team they beat last year? <laughs> uh, potentially, yes. And they're up in 23rd and Northwestern's in the receiving votes category. I mean, let's just take Washington, for example. Mm. Let's look at their 2020 schedule. Washington, because I like Washington, but yeah, they do not deserve to be up there. They're three and one. I'll read you the three teams, the two teams they or the three teams they beat: Oregon State, who was decent; Arizona, who was bad; Utah, which was a good team, and they lost to Stanford. And they are where in the eight people? Twentieth. Uh, exactly. Any team with four games in their most recent resume does not. There should be like a TBD, like next. <laughs> I don't know. That's not that's not enough to warrant votes. I mean, to me, it just shows that no one takes stock in what happened last year. I don't know if you disagree with me on that, Chloe. I agree with that. I mean, nobody really cared what happened last year because half the teams were out with COVID. Like Wisconsin could have done a lot better if their starting quarterback wasn't out with COVID or other things like that. Penn I, thought you were gonna say, I just I thought, don't know what happened with them, but I thought you were going to say no one cares what happens in the Pac-12, <laughs> which I guess is also true. <laughs> Did we? Was this podcast recording when Texas and Oklahoma went to the SEC? <laughs> no. Or did we? Did we just not talk about that at all on this pod? <laughs> we did not. Okay. Should we save that for our college football extravaganza? Or <laughs> Yes. Okay, fair enough. I guess, yeah, before – I think that first episode of right before the season starts, we'll just do a big old football pod. Let's, let's wrap up, unless we have anything else we want to talk about on the West. We'll get everyone – official predictions, which teams will win the West. I'm going to go Iowa, Shavanch. I'm going to say – it's in Iowa's hands. It's up to them not to lose in the early part of the season. I am going to say Wisconsin. I still think Danny Vandenboom should be QB1, but they can win it with Graham Mertz too. I'm going to say Cincinnati makes the playoff. And on that note, we'll move on to our last topic. Uh, <laughs> they will not. Oh, Carly hopes they both have – both teams have fun. Carly, do you want to give us a non-Iowa or Wisconsin pick to win the Big Ten West? The only team I can remember is in the Big Ten is Purdue. Okay. Purdue's yeah, going to win the Big Purdue's Ten West. the Big Ten West. <laughs> Somebody logged that. So when in, in six months when Purdue is in the Big Ten championship game, mm-hmm. you can give Carly your due credit. Um. So the last thing I want to talk about, um, and this has been a hot-button topic lately, uh, particularly around the country as teams, you know, are ready to play a full 12-game slate in front of full stadiums in front of, you know, 70, 80, and in the South sometimes hundred up to 110,000 fans. Mm-hmm. So, Chloe, what can you tell us about Iowa football's vaccination rate right now uh, and where it's trending? Um, well, a couple weeks ago at Big Ten Media Days – 
uh, head coach Kirk Ferentz said it was below 70%, which was a hot topic there because I think Northwestern was is at was already at 90s and Wisconsin was already at up in the 90s. So that was a big thing coming out of Big Ten Media Days a couple weeks ago. But at Iowa Football Media Days this past Friday, um, Ferentz said that they're up to the mid-70s now and there were more um, more players getting vaccinated this week sometime, kind of ambiguous as to when they were going to actually get vaccinated. But before the season starts, they more players will get vaccinated and they should be up, Ferentz said, to the at least or up to 90% by the time the season starts. I also want to take this time to give credit to Chloe as a reporter. Kirk Ferentz was aside doing TV-only interviews, and she was like, allow me to just dominate everyone here mm. and steal him and ask questions. I was very impressed. Um, she said, step aside, Scrubs. The Iowa newspaper of the year is here. Um, maybe so one, maybe now she'll for- be an award winner, Austin. <laughs> I, well, she did get that sweet, sweet information for us about the 90% vaccination rate. What do you call it? The sweet, sweet nectar? <laughs> So I heard someone else say sweet, sweet nectar the other day. And I was like, see, I'm not the only one that does it. Well, it's me and probably whoever else I heard say it, right? Like there's two out of the 8 billion people on planet Earth say it. And I'm one of them. I think it's a Cards Against Humanity card. Oh, see? I'll be honest, Austin. I'll be 100% honest here. You've got me saying it sometimes. Yes. Shivansh can join Chloe and I's hive mind. Oh, God. I've, I've started saying ambiguous a lot because Austin says ambiguous all the time. She's picking up many of my catchphrases. Okay. Anyway, so back, have, to, back to Chloe's award-winning journalism. <laughs> I have one last thing I want to talk about. Chloe, you, you have a little um, insight on which shot they're getting as well um, to get up to that vaccination rate so fast. Uh, yeah. Ferentz didn't say it specifically, but he was like, the players will be getting their one shot vaccination like this week sometime which means they have to be getting the johnson and johnson vaccine which is only one shot but it's slightly less effective compared to pfizer and moderna not really that not really that much of a big deal but who really knows with this delta variant running around yeah miss delta supposedly you have the same level of virus inside of you if you have the delta variant as you do vaccinated or not vaccinated so that could derail college football entirely, but we're going to pretend like that's not happening. It's fine. Hmm. Um, we'll, we'll wrap up the pod um, and pretend like we're going to have a hunky-dory 12-game college football season where Iowa goes 12-0, and makes a Big Ten championship, and Austin gets to go to the college football playoff for free. Against Cincinnati. Yeah. <laughs> where, okay, let's, we'll do this alternate scenario where Shavanch I was t- eleven and one, but Cincinnati's twelve and zero, and they get the edge and get the fourth seed. And I was the fifth; they get the Rose Bowl, and I get to go to that for free. And Shavanch gets to have his team in the playoff. I like this game. Everybody wins. But anyway, this has been the DI Scoreboard. I am your host, Austin Hansen. I'd like to thank my co-host Shavanch Ahuja, as always, for joining me. I'd like to thank our guest Chloe Peterson for hopping on today. As always, we appreciate our listeners. We hope you enjoyed listening to us this week, and we hope you'll join us for our first pod of the semester with a surprise special guest on September 3rd. Um, that is our first podcast of the fall. Until then, um, Shavanch, Chloe, and I will surely be 
milling about, making plans for that for our first month of pod. So exciting times ahead for us. And who are we sponsored by? Absolutely no one. Attaboy. Um, I, oh yes, we have unlimited minutes now. Wow, oh. thanks, Shivansh. Yeah. I did. Uh, yeah. This was all me. This was a hundred percent something I did, and definitely not just a random pop up in my Zoom. <laughs> it hurt us talking about the forty minutes. <laughs> oh God. Uh, okay. Uh, well, that's good. All right, we can we can slow down a little. Bit. We can. Calm now, we're, down. now we're only racing against Tyler Linderbaum. <laughs> now I can breathe. Um. We only got ten minutes left, so I should probably wrap the pod. Let's uh, let's let's bring it back down into the atmosphere. <laughs> How do I wrap it up? Gosh, I'm rusty. Thanks for listening to the DS Corporate, everyone. I'm your co-host. Ah, yes, yes. As always, you're sponsored by no one. Thanks for everyone for coming on. Thanks for jogging the memory. I'm not even the host. I know this. Yeah, I think Chloe should be the host. Why am I getting demoted everywhere I go? This has been the DI Scoreboard. I'm your host, Austin Hansen. I'd like to thank our guests, Chloe Peterson, uh, and our host, Shamancha Hooja, for joining now. me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to hurry because I have nine minutes here. Okay, here we go. Ready? Speed, close, everything perfect right now. This has been the DI Scoreboard. <laughs> I can't do it. I can't do it. Uh... <laughs> okay, here we go.